amazing project that's going on. And in His mercy uh, and His grace, He's redeeming and saving us to be involved in that project, to seek His uh, great mission. Uh, another uh, word or idea that's used to describe that in Scripture is sometimes it's talked about as being the kingdom of God. And we're called to, to seek that kingdom with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. But uh, there's problems with that sometimes because we don't always do that. Obstacles come in the way, things that distract us. Uh, our hearts, our, our focus, our desires can, can move us from being focused on God's building project, on, on His kingdom. And in the passage that we're looking at this morning, uh, we're going to be in uh, the book of Luke. Matt, uh, Jesus is wanting to, to ad- help us identify and see some of the obstacles that can, can come up in our calling to pursue God's kingdom. Um, and wanting to help us to identify these obstacles and know properly how to respond so that as God's people, we can seek the things that are important to Him. So, if you uh, have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Luke chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 13 through 34 this morning. If you're following along in one of the black Bibles there in your seats, you'll find this on page 871. So if you would, follow along with me as we hear from the Word of God. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to him, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And he said to the disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, 
How much more will He clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We long, as Your people, to be focused, pursuing Your kingdom. You know there are things that distract us. And we pray this morning that You would help us to understand more of our hearts, more of our calling, and more of Your great provision for us. For the glory of Jesus we pray. And in His name we pray. Amen. Um, to start us off, I have a little video I want to show us. This is a, uh, a clip from, I think it's, it's definitely happening in Europe somewhere, but it's a kid's dog obedience uh, kind of little competition and show. And what these kids are trying to do is they have their dogs on one end of the, the room and the dog has to navigate these obstacles of treats and toys to get to their to their to their master to their owner and uh, I want you to to watch this as as we get started Can you uh, can you identify with the golden retriever at all? 
God has called you to seek His kingdom, to listen to Him, to pursue the things that He has entrusted with you, but there's so many other things out there. This is so good. Yet, there's these distractions that call and turn us away. And even though it sometimes feels like we're making progress, we're all over the place. Jesus, here in this passage, is uh, addressing a, a particular obstacle and struggle that we face. Here, as Jesus is, is calling and wanting to point us to pursuing God's kingdom, uh, he's going to talk and tell us about how the way that we interact with possessions, with stuff, with money, can be a great obstacle, a distraction, a, a barrier to our being able to fully pursue and go after God's kingdom, to invest in God's great building project and mission. But it's interesting to see how Jesus addresses this. Jesus doesn't say that the problem is the stuff. The problem isn't the money or the possessions or the, the material goods. Notice, notice what he says about it in verse, in verse 30. At the end of verse 30, your father knows that you need them. These things are, are, are needs. There's certain things that we, we need and that we'll, we'll see as we go on and, and subsequent weeks that God actually uses to, to lead out his, his kingdom. But what Jesus is pointing at is that the biggest obstacle isn't external. It's internal. It's the heart. It's you. It's me. Our hearts and how we respond to stuff and to things and how that becomes a great obstacle to us pursuing God and his kingdom. So let's look and see at the, what Jesus is wanting to point out to us of this, helping to identify this, this obstacle and pointing out the struggles that our heart has. First, as he's specifically here talking about possessions and things, notice what he, he says. One of the, these great obstacles is our longing. Our longing and our desire for possessions. Notice how it, it comes up, even at the beginning, in verse 15. Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. And as Jesus talks about it, he talks about what he's talking about, of of seeking, putting, laying your heart and your desires on building up and gaining an abundance of possessions. Jesus is saying, be on guard against longing for this, against wanting it. And again, in verse 29, he, in talking about uh, food and clothes, he says this, do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink. That idea of seeking again is not just going around just kind of casually looking for it. The terminology that's using there is one where you're, you're setting your heart deeply on, on wanting and pursuing uh, uh, and getting these, these things, these possessions to have. And notice how Jesus describes that setting your heart 
of having a, these deep longings and desires for stuff. He says that that isn't something that characterizes or should characterize God's people. Notice what he says about it in verse 30. For the nations of the world seek after these things. Something that is characteristic of those who do not know God. Um, who are outside of His family. Who do not know His fatherly care. That set their hearts and have these, these deep longings for things, for possessions, for stuff. And even looking at what, how Jesus wraps it up in verse 34. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is where he gets back and points to the, the issue. The beginning to, for us to ask the question, what is it that we're treasuring? What is it that we're longing for and desiring? That can help give us insight into knowing where our heart is, what we're pulled to. Here's some questions that might help us uh, navigate and uh, understand our own heart and our, our experience to try to find out what's going on with our longings and our experience. What do you think are your biggest needs? Are those biggest needs connected to stuff, to money, to things? What do you desire and long for? When you when you dream and you fantasize and, and anticipate and hope of what the future will look like, how much of those, of, of those dreams and of those fantasies are connected to material things that you would have or hope to have in your, in your life? The possessions and stuff. How much of it is connected to a number in your bank account? What occupies your, your thoughts? What do you find yourself thinking about over and over as you go through life? Is it tied to, about, connected to possessions? What about your search engine history? What are you looking up and going and seeking over and over and over again? These are things that can help point to our heart, our longing. What is it that brings you joy? What do you spend your money on? What are you saving for? What are you planning? Why are you working? What are you hoping to do with the money that you're earning? Is it connected to acquiring, getting, having more stuff and possessions? Jesus here is speaking in this original context, not to an American audience, but how much of this ties in to our context in a very, very uh, specific way? The, the fascination, the obsession, the longing, the American dream many times is couched in getting more stuff, having more money, making it. What, why is it? That we long for stuff, for things, for houses, for items. Maybe, maybe it's because 
we think that they're promising certain things. Maybe the reason that we're, we're longing for them and our heart goes toward them is because our hearts are also putting our trust and our hope in these possessions. Do you notice that that's where Jesus goes as well? It's not just that we're longing for these things, but we're, we're trusting in them. Look in verse 15 again. Take care and be on one's guard against all covetousness for one's life. One's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Jesus is saying here, don't be deceived. In a lot of ways, we can think our life, our significance, uh, our our uh, our. Our, our worth or our value is found in the amount of things that we have. Peace, security, stability can only be found if we have enough stuff or the right stuff. Notice that's what this, this parable that, that Jesus gave uh, from, from this, uh, of this uh, rich landowner. Notice the rich landowner's response, when he finally thinks that he has enough, uh, how he responds. Look in verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. It's showing what's going on in the heart. That I can only rest secure, feel safe and stable if I have ample goods. And when I reach that point, whatever it may be, then I can be at ease. I can rest. I can be happy. I can rejoice. The hard thing is, is what is that point? When do you have ample goods? What is it going to take to satisfy you and me, as we look in these longings, the reason we're longing for is because for some reason we think that life, security, stability is found in having stuff. Again, questions that we can begin to ask to help us identify and look into our own hearts. Where, how are we putting our trust in the promises that we think stuff, possessions, money, material goods offer us. What about this? What changes in your life materially or with the, the, the amount of possessions that you have would finally lead you to a place where you feel secure? That you're not worried about the future. Is it a number in your bank account? Is it... Your, your retirement gets to a certain place. You get a job with a pension or switch around into a different career. Is it having the, the house? Or uh, what does it mean to, well, I'll just need enough to provide for my family. What, what does that mean? What kind of provision does your family need when you think about being uh, secure and confident does that involve the needs of your family? How much of that is tied to stuff and things? If I only had blank, 
my life would be so much better. Do you put any sort of possession or material good in that, in that blank? Right now, in your life, as you, as you look at your heart, where are your areas of greatest discontent? Is it tied to what you have or don't have? Do you look at what other people and the stuff or the things that they have, their lifestyle, um, the, the, the goods or the trips that they take? These are all things that can begin to help us understand what's going on in our heart. What, what do you worry about? What do you fear? What would alleviate your greatest worries and anxieties? Is it stuff? Is it more money? Is it a better job so that you can provide more? If so, Jesus is beginning to say, look, these are signs that you and I are putting our trust and our hopes in money and possessions to bring us security and confidence and stability. Notice how Jesus points out the foolishness of trusting and hoping in these things. Notice what he says about possessions and goods. In verse 20, as God responds to this guy, this rich ruler, but God says to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? These These treasures, these goods, these material things that we're hoping in, guess what? They don't last forever. You and I, we can't take them with us. At some point, they will not be ours and we will not have them. What sense does it make then to hope and trust in these things that will not be with us forever, that go away? In fact, notice what Jesus says again down in verse 33. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Jesus is saying, if you're hoping and trusting in in treasures and possessions and things, they will fail you. They can be taken away, as he speaks about the thief. They will rust and corrupt and break. Many things got broken in our house this week. Why did I get so mad at my son when he broke a plate? Do I value that stuff more than him? What is it showing about my heart? It's interesting though, as we see, because we place, we have this longing for this stuff and we're beginning to realize that our hearts are wanting to trust in and clinging to and hoping in things. But Jesus is showing, look, they fail. They offer these promises, but it never lasts. So what does that begin to do in us? Instead of turning from those things, it leaves us in a constant state of unease, of worry, of anxiety, because we always are going to need more. Something else. Is it going to come about this week, this month? How will I get it? What will I do? Because I must have this stuff, but it enough never seems to come. And these worries keep coming up. Notice what Jesus says about it in verse 22. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. 
about what you'll eat, about what you'll put your, about your body, about what you wear. In verse 25, again, uh, which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? Then he goes on. You can't do this small thing about adding time to your life through your worries. Then why are you anxious about everything else? Over and over, he says, do not worry about what's going on. Notice what he points to. These anxieties, these worries that we have uh, in, our, in our lives about wanting, about needing uh, more things. Worried about not having enough money. Worried that we are anxious about having more stuff, better stuff, greater stuff, newer stuff, better than my neighbor or my brother. Jesus says this points to our hearts as well. In verse 28, that's what he says. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O you of little faith. See, these worries begin to expose other things in our hearts and in our lives that are tied to our trust in God. Because when we're trusting in these other things, we can't trust and serve God at the same time. You see, what Jesus is showing is these our hearts and the way that we interact with stuff is a tremendous obstacle to the kingdom of God. And when we look at the things that we have in our lives and our heart response to it, it can begin to expose to us if we find that we are longing for possessions, that we're trusting in possessions, that we're worried and anxious about our possessions, that our heart actually isn't for the kingdom of God. It's actually for the kingdom of self, focused on us. Notice this speech that Jesus says this rich ruler had, notice how much he talks about himself in it. Uh, in looking in verse 17, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. The focus is on himself, on what he can get, on what he can keep hold of and grasp. His focus, his thoughts are establishing on building up, on securing his kingdom. In fact, what Jesus says about it is that what he is doing and what we do in verse 21 is that as you're laying treasures up for yourself, You're building up your own kingdom. You're not being rich towards God. We're not focused on what God has for us. We're not focused on God's kingdom, but on what we can do for ourselves. And that's why Jesus again says in verse 34, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If you are longing and hoping and depending and trusting in this stuff, That's where your heart's going to be. Your heart is going to be focused on me, on I, on my kingdom, on my stuff. And how often does that get in the way 
of us pursuing what God would have for us, about what is important to God, about His kingdom, about His purposes, about being rich towards Him. Did you notice in the, the video of the, of the dog thing that we watched, uh, the golden retriever, he really struggled. But the, but the, first, the first two dogs... They were distracted a little bit, but for the most part, as they ran down the path, those things didn't really distract them. They were freed up under the the care and leadership, the trust of, of their master to be able to go through unhindered. That's something that Jesus focuses on here about being in God's kingdom about being focused on God's kingdom. Actually, there's freedom there. So let's move from thinking about the obstacles of possessions to to looking at the freedom that comes from God's kingdom, from His rule, from His care, from His dominion and His purposes. Notice as we are focused on and as we are part of of the kingdom of God and His mission, that God gives us the freedom to rest. Look in verse 30 on how Jesus focuses that, remember, a kingdom cannot be in place without a king. And notice where this freedom comes is it completely comes from the character and the person of God. Notice in verse 30, what Jesus says, your father knows that you need them. See what he's saying? Over and over as he goes through. Notice what he goes back to. Look at the birds. Do they worry? Do they have barns? Do they have storehouses? Are they gathering all this stuff? They eat. They're provided for. Notice, look at what he, what he says in verse 24. Of how much more value are you than the birds? You have a God who knows what you need. He cares for the birds. Do you really know and understand that you have a God? You have a Father who values you even much, much more than birds who we see provided for over and over. Again, he says, look at the the flowers in the field. They don't toil and spin and worry about what's going on, yet they're clothed beautifully. What does he say in verse 28? Um, uh, But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will He clothe you? And in verse 28 again, as pretty much what Jesus is saying is, when... When you understand and know the love, the provision, the care of your Heavenly Father, you're freed up. You're freed up to rest in His provision, in His care for you, to to put aside the worries and the fears. But you're confident knowing He knows what I need. He's going to provide for me. And I can trust in Him. When we were going through foster care training, one of the uh, they brought in some uh, 
some foster care parents who were speaking about issues that they experienced in their uh, as they had kids come into their home. And one of the things that uh, several of them noted was that uh, what they would find out is, is they went to the grocery store and would stock their pantry. Uh, they would end up they would find things missing from there. And a lot of times where those things would end up being would be in the, the foster children's bedroom. The food would be taken out of the pantry, it would be taken out of the refrigerator, and it would be hidden under the bed or in, in, uh, in the, the dresser. Why? Because these are kids who never knew what it was like to have a parent that not only knew their needs but that they could trust to provide for them what they needed. And here they find themselves in a family with foster parents who are doing that, who have the stuff in there is theirs. They don't need to worry and fear. But how are they operating? They're operating as if they're still in that relationship and that circumstance where their parent is one they can't trust. And so i got to get my stuff and i got to hold on to it because I never know is it going to come again. Jesus is saying to you and to me, don't you realize who your father is? The grace, the mercy, the love, the provision, the care He has for you. You do not need to worry. Rest. Be free in the care and love and provision of your Heavenly Father. But what does that do? When we're freed up and we're not having to worry about getting all of this stuff because we're confident that our Father will provide for us, now we're, we're freed up. We're freed up to seek His kingdom. Notice how Jesus draws that. Since you don't have to worry, He tells us in verse 39 and following, do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink. And don't be worried. This is what the nations of the world do. Those who don't know God as their good and gracious providing Heavenly Father. And how do they respond? They're worried and they're running around. But your Father knows what you need. Therefore, instead, seek His kingdom and all these things will be added to you. doesn't mean what God is saying is if you focus on what I'm, I'm doing and what I'm about and you focus on my kingdom, then you're going to get rich. I'm going to give you everything you want and that the world desires. The health, wealth, prosperity gospel is a lie. It's completely contrary to Scripture. God says here, He will give you what you need. And the abundance that you have will be used in different ways. We'll talk about this in a little bit. But the focus here is what Jesus is saying. You are freed up because of God's care for you. You don't have to worry about establishing your own kingdom. You're freed up to seek His to pursue what He is doing. And notice, again, how this is tied to God's character. We can seek His kingdom. Why? Look in verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God's attitude... His heart response to you is one of good pleasure. 
of delight. That not only does He care for you, but He gives you what you need, not begrudgingly, but because He delights to do so. And the kingdom that He is establishing will be for your benefit and mine and actually for the restoration of all things. This is the God we serve. Jesus is is wanting to move us from a a heart that, that, that rests and relies and depends and trusts on stuff that goes away to giving us a greater love, something that's, that's better, a greater provision, a greater kingdom. Our Heavenly Father. Jesus is saying, you can presently seek the kingdom of God because you do not have to worry about the future at all. It doesn't matter what's going to happen to Social Security. It doesn't matter what happens to your retirement funds or however you have it invested. It doesn't matter whether you have enough kids who will have good jobs who can provide for you when you get old. It doesn't matter what happens to your job tomorrow. Because God is saying that I will be there for you. My pleasure is for you and I will provide. What does that do for us? Well, it provides us freedom in another way. Freedom to give. Notice, Remember what Jesus said before, that life isn't found in acquiring and getting up all this abundance of possessions. Of, of, remember, the, the other attitude is one to where I have to keep it. I've got to have it as mine because this is about my kingdom and me having enough stuff. But notice that what Jesus is calling us to in verse 21 is being rich towards God. What does that look like? Well, notice what Jesus says in verse 33. It's about... Giving away, sell your possessions, give to the needy. This rich ruler, he was not focused on everybody else in his community. He was focused on, in in that economic context, for him to hoard all this stuff for himself would have uh, drastically affected everybody around him. It may have made good business sense if you're trying to think about, I want to make as much profit as possible. I want to make as much for myself. And my only focus is on me succeeding. Do you see the picture Jesus is giving? Of what it looks like to live in, in God's kingdom and to be rich towards God as the one who's assured and confident of God's provision. That we're not tied to the stuff anymore. That we're freed up to give and use the abundance that we have in the service and for the provision of other people. I'm not worried about me and my kingdom. I'm confident in the love and security that I find in my Heavenly Father. I'm not worried about the future and what my giving now may may affect uh, moving forward. Think about the... uh, For those of you who who didn't know how... when your next paycheck would come. Maybe worry was there. Maybe fear was there. But those of us who, uh, who had paychecks coming, to think about if we're focused not on ourselves, to think about our abundance, to be in a place to be able to provide and care for those in our midst who are struggling. Who, when we're focused on God's kingdom... We're freed up to be able to give generously and willingly to those who are in need. And what does that do? It communicates to them this provision 
of God's care for them. I will provide for your needs. How? The rest of my body. You see, when we're focused on God's kingdom, it frees us up to be able to give and be focused and thinking about other people. We're going to talk about these things more uh, in the upcoming weeks, particularly about how this understanding and seeking God's kingdom, resting in the love that God has for us and confident of His provision for us, of meeting our needs, uh, frees us up to do that in different ways of our lives. But this morning, just for us to, to, to realize and think about this, are you assured of God's pleasure of you? It's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom that God desires and He knows your needs. If you're doubting that, if you're wondering that, if you're a believer here this morning, don't you realize what God has already given you? He's given His Son. If He would give His Son to redeem and save you, if He would not withhold His Son and clench and grasp that and say, I'm not giving that to you. Why would it be such a big deal for God to provide you with bread? With clothing? He gave His life to redeem and save us. It shows us His care. It shows us His provision. It shows us His pleasure. The good news of the gospel is something that should fill our hearts and our lives, should move us out of our own kingdom, out of longing for and trusting in uh, and worrying about stuff, to resting, abiding in the love that God has for us in Christ, of being able to focus on the kingdom for the glory of the one who has given us everything. Are you seeing conflicted heart motives? Are you seeing that your heart is tied to and gripped to your own kingdom and not God's? Call out to Jesus. Repent. Confess those things. Look to the One who will forgive, who will redeem, who will provide what we need to focus on the kingdom of God. Um, this is the good news and one of the great benefits of the gospel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for uh, your kingdom. That you are a kingdom and a king that gives uh, generously and willingly to your people. Um, we pray that you would move our hearts to rest in you, to hope in you, as we consider our possessions, our stuff that we would be willing to trust You, to seek Your kingdom, knowing that You will provide and care for us. We're afraid. We need You. In Jesus' name, Amen.